Welcome everyone. I hope this finds you well. It's 2.50am here in Canberra, Australia, and the mood for these sorts of things strikes when it does, and it's a mixture of factors of circumstance, you know, timing, that kind of thing. And when I can't sleep, or when I just want to have that time to myself, which often people with very few of like the super traditional vices like I don't know the the drugs or the drinking or whatever or the partying I don't have any of those and one of my small vices is that I I just stay up a whole bunch and dive into the existenceness of everything you know and one thing I was doing is I kind of go from A to Z through my YouTube um, subscriptions and very near the top is Fleet Foxes and I regularly just give it a wave you know like hi hi there in this you know swirling ever increasingly um algorithm tastic uh world where we're sort of shepherded and sort of shoved towards content um i just like to have that grounding process of actually just sitting with what you know a to z these are these are my these are my vibes these are my things you know instead of having a robot determine that for me and uh, speaking of grounding energies, musically, creatively, since 2008, first hearing them, I even have a, a sense of having encountered them in 06, I believe, leading up to their debut, Fleet Foxes. And I want to also talk about the, the scenarios in life where we feel something so strongly that we almost push the thing away because to, to pour ourselves into talking about it or being present with it is almost too much because the kinship is just, uh, and the emotions just run very high. And I've, I think, put, put off recording the first episode of this uh, for quite some time. But what ticked it was, uh, yeah, about 30 minutes or so ago, probably less, like, 15 minutes or so, I just come across um, uh, Flute Fox's Sunblind Japanese lyrics <laughs> 23 hours ago uploaded on YouTube. And it all finally clicked. So s the journey f from the earliest kind of, you know, awareness I had of the band resonating with them in 08, help having them guide me through some extremely dark times very heavy times and to this point where I can just with this uh, life setup that I have now which is beautiful that I can do my thing of I've got my main government stuff that I do and then I have my uh, creative stuff on the side so the three things I do is I, I make the art, the patterns which you may have seen and you'll see them in the description um that's number one. Number two is my storytelling, which I do with the quantum myth. It's a sort of a gestalt Venn diagramming of different kinds of world mythologies, and it's just my own interpretation of what mythology is, so like my own myth sort of thing. And then number three is the media and the podcasts, which you're listening to one of those now. All going to the one feed, the Albert Kessa podcast, but for topic-specific ones, I group them under separate feeds for the listener's convenience and also for my 
absolute unabashed love for admin i just love you know i think in another life i owned a post office or something just like da 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 da, da putting different uh, packages and letters and postcards in all the different kind of postcode boxes or whatever however that works it's just so satisfying for me so and i love designing the podcast art as well it's just a fun creative exercise and of layout and fonts and that kind of thing and what tipped me for this is um i set up the instagram leading up to shore um when that beautiful constantly self-surpassing themselves out there fleet foxes angie robin you kindred mofo you doing himself he's he's a he's a kindred dude and um yeah it's such a special record for me on the night that i was um first listening to it i listened to the premiere as it was premiering i'll never forget i'm sitting very sitting on the exact same essentially the same spot i was roughly at the same time of morning actually i was on a weekend though and i was in the process of just doing a big sort of audit i guess of my energy and my priorities in my life and i ended up that same morning uh listening to the full record oh man i get so emotional when i think about this music man it's been there for so many moments and that's the thing is things can change relationships and friends and places we find ourselves geographically emotionally mentally spiritually psychologically whatever and then there's these beautiful i guess anchors you know of creativity like music that are just there and unconditional you know i'm sure this is something that people who like you know resonate with like animals and like have animals living with them um that they have that sense of oh, the unconditional love that's there and the unconditional presence of something you can just sort of evoke and kind of immerse yourself in like a warm blanket you know and that's fleet foxes for me and it's never never wavered in that role that it has in my life and uh, i did a giant sweep on this morning of when shore was the video you know beautiful album visual storytelling jumping around in all these visuals and uh, the reason I, I think i'm going like a bit quiet when i think about it is that it was just okay ready this is this is going to lead into the the core of why it, it it was finally time to to record this is uh so when i was a kid like a long time ago 1990 early 90s there are a couple of things in my life um that I just remember very intuitively resonating with obviously one was nature and I just always loved trees climbing trees you know the green you know I I went to primary school here in Canberra at Yarralama primary school and there's like willow trees swaying around and I'd spend my you know my lunches on the oval and I was just I was always all about nature and um and in a real way not in some kind of I suppose uh, one of the ways that people describe it is like the hippy dippy way where it's in that heightened way of like ah oh, nature and, that, and it's like no for me 
since I was like the earliest I can remember, I, it was always just such a grounding experience. And Fleet Foxes, I feel as though it's like they give musical voice to the feeling of being serenely in a nature and in a nature f in a natural space. And that can be either in nature or at peace in your own nature, you know, as a, as a person. And sitting with your nature as a person, you know. Um, and one of the, so as well as the primary school thing of like in the real world, that's the first layer of it is nature and like climbing. I just was climbing all the time. I actually ended up getting a bad knee because of it, but no regrets. <laughs> um, it's, I've healed, I, done, I did some surgery, so it's gotten a bit better. Um, and there was also a couple of films for me. One of them was, you know, The Fox and the Hound. So again, that occurrence of the term fox in relation to like beautiful foresty, you know, environments. And again, that was animated a couple of decades ago now. And there's just obviously in those earlier films, there's like a bit of a cozy, warm, fuzzy quality to the animation. Nothing is clean cut, 8K, 4K, whatever, pristineness, you know, which is, has its own benefits. You know, I'm not hating. Just a different thing. Just a different feeling. And there was also a film called Milo and Otis. And obviously some things have come up um, about the production and animal cruelty. You know, there was clear shots with the, these animals honestly were probably like placed in front of the camera or thrown in front of the camera or whatever. Like it was a Japanese production and you know, this is as you're as you're a kid, you're not really thinking about these things. Um, it's yeah, don't don't think I could watch it from the same space nowadays. But um, you know, I would at least want to believe that the majority of the production was wholesome and that they looked after the animals as much as possible and that they only put them in the threatening situations f to achieve a shot and then they um, you know kept them safe. Um, Obviously, actually, film sets have multiple animals, you know, of the same kind, so that in case one for any reason can't perform, they they swap the other in, and so they that's that's like common practice for um, for shooting animals, you know, um, on on camera. And uh, so, with that little modern world adult disclaimer there, excuse me. Um, when I was a kid, I watched this film, I, w I watched it many times. And if you look at that film, it was filmed in the 80s, I believe, or in the late 70s. And, and this is very, very close to my kinship with Tame Impala, who Fleet Foxes and Tame Impala are like siblings. I, I, I came across them at roughly the same time. And they both have a, I guess to try and put a term to it, is a... Uh, psychophotographic, you know, landscape, you know, if that makes sense. So, like, the landscape that is conjured when you listen to them in your psyche, you know? And for me, any time I listen to Flute Foxes, uh, when, and it's so insane, this is, it's building up to this moment of tipping into recording tonight, or this morning is that the visuals of the of Milo Notice are of this fuzzy footage of these beautiful landscapes in Japan, which 
it was filmed in a certain way to make it, you know, indistinguishable from like you know it's narrated by Dudley Moore of the comedy duo Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, and and it's such a like his his narration is so earnest and wholesome and even though like he again that interplay between the modern sorry the the adult consciousness of like you know crassness the realities the harshnesses of 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 adult life uh, juxtaposed with the innocence of of youth uh dudley yes some very you know cheeky and i enjoyed that like the pete and cook and dudley more are really lovely in their own way uh, and uh and funny in that sort of adult leaning aspect but at the time when I was young, I was just watching Milo and Otis and there's certain moments that are just, you know, indelibly like embedded in my mind, like the, ah, but it is a dreaming nest, you know, and so this little kitten is lost, you know, as part of the journey is, is them reconnecting and then finding their way back home. A uh, lovely little microcosm of you know the the arc of life you know and just like setting out onto an adventure very kind of cambellian with that you know hero's journey component and and there's i mean the dreaming nest i mean it's such a beautiful name first of all and then imagine that you're lost at night and then you come across an owl and if some of you may, li- may be listening being like i know i i, I relate to that because you know when i was listening and reading fleet fox's lyrics it reminded me of this you know, owls and rivers and, uh, you know, Milo and Otis, first of all, these, these names, you know, one, one of the earliest motifs of the Fleet Foxes music, which, um, you know, Robin was influenced by Nobuo Uematsu, right? And uh, one thing with them is that they have, just like with Star Wars, they have outlandish names like the Clouds and the Aeroths, but you'll also come across some normal names like Paul, Paul the Hippo or whatever. So, so I just, so this thing of bucolic imagery fuzzy camera work because of the, the time in which it was filmed, you know, like stuff like Marlon Otis um, and, you know, even Monty Python, like whenever I see, you know, I, I, like again, the psycho, the psychophotographic landscape of uh, Monty Python for me is like glistening, beautiful, tinkling, I guess, whatever, um, fountains and in like you know, like London Square, and then, but also predominantly for me, it's r- rural England. You know, rural England shot in the seventies. It like straight up makes me cry. It's like if I could just exist in that. You know, like disembodiedly, like a disembodied consciousness, just forever. You know, exploring nineteen seventies England peacefully. <laughs> 1970s English countryside just floating across that landscape as just an entity without a body attached out of time you know out of uh, any kind of passage of time just enjoying and listening to nature and that's so that experiential nature to my relationship of you know with, with these visuals and this music and stuff you know yeah um and so, <laughs> maybe if you've connected things, it's all good. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to provide context. So it's like, you have all of these things mixed together. And then when I came across, again, fast forward from my childhood to hearing, I just heard Fleet Foxes, you know, they didn't have any particular imagery attached. 
I think maybe I had seen in a recommended video or something um, in the side of like a, you know, YouTube pane or something, one of their music videos, but they didn't really have anything where it was that shot on 1980s, 1970s camera. They didn't, yeah, they had the, the claymation for, you know, White Winter Hymnal. Um, but uh, there was just a sense to it. And I saw them perform on SNL, um, which was the first time I saw them, like, I didn't see them live, live as in, because I live in Australia, but I saw the video of it, obviously. And, um, and Robin's vibe and the band's vibe just immediately evoked and the first and, and of course the music the music is everything with Fleet Foxes and that's yeah like with Ghost for example I, I also did the Ghost podcast like the, the music is huge but it's also about the imagery of, of the band and stuff themselves but for Fleet Foxes it's like um, it's it's Robin it's Skylar it's, it's the band and it's the music and then the imagery sort of beautifully it sort of garnishes that um and so um, in 2008, uh, after my army accident, um, oh, super quick, uh, in September, and it's weird because it happened on September 11th too, you know, weirdly, you know, auspicious date. I was uh, in the army and I was on a firing range and um, it was a 180 degree firing range, so in the bush, right? And my uh, unit of soldiers like totally forgot about me. They forgot high-vis vest, hearing protection, um, bulletproof vest, and radio. So all four of them, I didn't have any of them. So, um, And usually you do a head count before you start the exercise. And so after that, like I managed to like stay out of the line of fire and like put my hands up and I managed to get out without any holes in me, as one of the soldiers on that day put it and tried to laugh it off, but yeah, it was pretty intense. And after that, I was in, I guess, existential convalescence mode for a couple of years, and and I came across um, uh, Helplessness Blues, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Uh, that was 2011. Um, but yeah, I came across the band. I just, uh, yeah, for some reason, I was like, I have to mention that. <laughs> and then I sometimes get, for some reason, confused about whether debut record came out in 08 um or 06 but i'm i'm pretty sure i came across flu foxes in, in 06 i feel like they accompanied me through the army but i think they really full came into full awareness in my life when i was living at scullin it's a suburb here um uh oh sorry rather camber actually um and I was living in a beautiful little house on Boddington Crescent. <laughs> and um, and I, I had started listening to them, you know, I'm pretty certain in either 06, in 06, because I just have a, a very vivid memory of in 06 listening to, like, um, the EP, you know, with Mykonos and such. You know, if I were to look that up, I'm sure I would come across, like, I'll do a quick little check now, so... Mykonos SNL Fleet Foxes. It's either 06 or 08. Um, yeah, I've got... <laughs> you can't really... Um, oh, yeah, 2008. Yeah. Last month. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
all right so it would have been 2008 so it would have been just right as i had because the accident was september 11 2007 and so then i'm at home that's right yeah and now it's all hitting me <laughs> i go home to canberra in the house that i was living in in 06 so i recruited in 06 and then i'm back at this house after getting essentially shot at but you know being on a firing range when they totally forgot about me and um listening to this record and it is it was like a giant blanket you know so comforting so like arresting and i hear these performances on snl and then i look up the album and i'm listening to the album and i have it in my life and i'm listening to it and certain energies and vibes kind of conjure up but then i move to this place with my friends in Canberra, Boddington Crescent, and I'm spinning it there, and I don't know if you have this, folks, but when you mix an album with a location, there's an alchemy to it, you mix an album with a location, you know, and and it's like, it just clicked, so there was some trees behind, it was like a, a sort of a country trail that led from behind the house that you could walk up on, and I would walk a lot in this time, you know, um, from and it's just there's lots of trees here in Canberra. It's called the bush capital for a reason. And I just have very vivid flashes of listening to this music, and immediately, the first image, and this is just listening to the music. I close my eyes and I see a foggy um, forest. You know, as I'm listening to Blue Ridge Mountains, you know, and it is overcast and it is early morning, dusk or you know dusk before dawn kind of thing and and then i see like actually in my mind's eye like a little fox you know and like a family of foxes or whatever and this is all rendered in like 1970s 1980s like david attenborough kind of footage and then my second awareness is of of a bridge you know just like from fox and the hound you know and that that just that just kind of gently kind of glides into my mind you know and I'm listening to this record, this self-titled record, and everything just comes at me so that then suddenly that connection of the 1970s, 1980s footage, the, the psychophotoscape or whatever I called it, it, it clicks and then instantly Fleet Foxes is, is, has become melded with Milo and Otis, you know, which was shot in Japan by a Japanese crew, you know, you know, in the 70s or 80s, and this, it's just, uh, folks, I'm a, like a fucking deep, uh, helplessly fucking deeply existential person, I come out on the end towards the light, otherwise I wouldn't be, <laughs> I regularly do, because I, I believe we trend towards the light because of our, that inner warmth we all live from, like that's a beautiful solace, is that our hearts are constantly pumping and generating warmth, and that's like, even though what we return, what we come from and return to is darkness, like who we are right now is light, and so that it's important to return to that truth, you know. Not time for darkness yet; that'll come in its own time. So we, it's it's the OG home, and it's it's where we're, you know, are arcing towards, but where we trend towards unto ourselves is light. And and I was in this space of existentialism and darkness, and then this album came, and it just was this. You know, Tiger Mountain Peasant Song, if I really sit with it, I just bawl, I just cry. It's too beautiful, man. 
and uh, it was timed actually with some heavy times for me with like relationships. It was like after army, the accident. I think I was a little bit adrift and didn't really speak up for myself in in the two relationships, you know, between '08 and 2011. And now I met my beautiful now fiance in 2012, and we've been together for like eight years, nine years. But yeah, 08 first failed, sec, uh, 2011 second failed relationships, and then you know, I had the the self titled to accompany me for the first one, uh, and then I had helplessness blues to help help me with the second one, you know, it, to a to a to a diminished degree though, because that second one was a fucking doozy, um, a fucking doozy, even though there were lovely bucolic environments and horses involved and stuff. But, um, so, yeah, over and over I would listen to this record. And there's no favorites, they're just beautiful, all of, all of, all of those records. And then I, in the lead up to Helplessness Blues, I, I think I was writing out what I thought some of the lyrics were. And I thought they had written a song called Wooden Man at some point. Um, I wonder if that was like a seaside or something but i think it ended up, ended up becoming bat- battery kenzie or something from helplessness blues um i was reading Temeraire at the time this um book about napoleonic the napoleonic wars as as imagined by dragons um as imagined with dragons um like a instead of boats you know and again a helplessness blues song it just clicked there's this I can't remember what specific song, but it's talking about a fireplace. It's talking about, and it's just I have a very clear image of like Lawrence, who's the main character of those books, like coming home and like kicking off, kicking off his boots and like chilling out. It's like I could describe every corner of that room, and of that scene is how vivid is it. It is in my mind, and the same thing with Fleet Foxes with these vignettes that appear, these vibe vignettes, if you will. And for me, that's a huge. And I, I never just, especially for the music that I resonate with deeply it's never just about the music um with that the ones that I resonate the deepest like Daft Punk it's like I can enjoy the beats there nothing really is conjured too much but Fleet Foxes and Tame Impala are like they are um uh, places of power like they they resonate out these so powerfully whenever I listen to them the imagery is overpowering the energy it just um I just get enveloped and that's you know again it must be an an attunement thing uh, or a a particular resonance thing you know how there's like certain voices sound a certain way in uh, certain rooms or whatever and it's like for me however way that I was brought into the world by the cosmos with whatever however way my mind works is like that just alchemically syncs up with with Fleet Foxes and Tame Impala um, to the point where it's like, yeah, that music just has a, a very deep effect on me whenever I hear it. Like, it's not just music. It conjures images, feelings, and it, it is a, a guidance energy and a solace energy in my life, you know. Um, and it's tied in a bit with Watership Down, tied, up, tied in with um, Secret of Nim, as Fleet Foxes, of course. And yeah, as I mentioned, that overarching thing of 70s, 80s, there's just something about that the film grain quality and so then i'm listening to shore you know fast forward again uh cracked uh, crack up was 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 okay i, I did like o- odai gahara um you know 
the song with the name May in it. And see, as you can see, Crack Up, I think was for him, um, it was it was an important record for him to make. I, 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 I believe like all of them are wonderful unto themselves. But um, but sure, is the integration of what Crack Up was with what uh, the self-titled is. It feels like the self-titled and and Crack Up had a child, and and I have been doing a lot of integrating with with myself um, and you know auditing and confronting. And I think I was in that exact same space energetically and in terms of just my life on the night and in that week seriously of shore coming out and i felt like i had reached a shore of some kind within myself i, I had m the two had met you know the boat and the through the oceans through the tumult we had reached the shore and i felt this way with the world politically with um with everything in the world and i'm still <laughs> still it's subsided a little bit, but I'm just so glad we are in this timeline where things have turned for the better in that way where, you know, as much as we'd like to exist separately from that world of politics, we don't. And needless to say, without getting into it, it's like, I just, I'm glad that there's more empathy in the highest office, you know, and that has led to people, the collective anxiety levels lowering and and uh, with that clarity that I was able to get from, from knowing these these things were on the way, and wanting to just, it was just everything aligned for me in that moment of yeah, the days leading up to and then the release itself of, of the record and listening to it in the morning. And I, w I packed up my vinyls, I packed up some of my, like, I had some statues, I think. I, I was collecting some of those, like, game collector edition statues. And I, I felt like so many of these, you know, collections were getting away from me. It's like, I, I literally don't listen to my vinyls. I don't. They just sit there. I don't really engage with the... Uh, I just get them on principle, these collector's things, you know. These... Uh, and I just... these. I was like, it is time. And so I brought them both out, listening to Fleet Fox's Sure, fresh off the premiere video on YouTube. Listened to it, took them all to the stores and sold them. And it was wonderful. And I felt like so, light, so much lighter. And as it were, since selling the vinyls, I... And it was like, I would say like 40, 50 vinyls or something. I've been listening to music more than ever because it's just, that's how I access music and it's totally fine. We eventually shifted from horses to cars and um, there's a presence of both, I think, in the Fleet Foxes Shore video. I love that there's a integration, you know. Uh, Mike Miyazaki also, there's a kinship there with um, the Japanese again. And this is building up to what tipped into the recording is seeing right the japanese lyrics and then it, that's it <laughs> flute foxes milo and otis filmed in japan 1970s 1980s footage <laughs> you know it's like okay there's the sign <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm i click play and i see the little japanese subtitles and i took japanese um for i would say probably six months in townsville and i i would say i am mm, yeah, I'm versed in it. Like I could get by in Japan with it. Very, very um, basic. You know, just the basics. Like you know, arigato and uh, sayonara and uh, um, 
どこから来ましたか which is I think where are you from、um, and yeah the, the islands and stuff so I could get by <laughs> barely、um, and I was studying this and again that you know Ghibli you know or Studio Ghibli Ghibli they have a connection with the rural and with the simplicity you know、uh, Hideaki Anno as well who is kindred with、um, With、uh, Hayao Miyazaki, like he'll, he'll cut away from nature to shots of like 1970s, 1980s looking pieces of tech. And I just love the, the, the Japanese sense of like, hey, we have tech, but guess what? Nature, overwhelmingly nature. Shinto, like that's what guides everything. And sure, we can dive as much as we want into、uh, industry and、um, All of that, guess what's going to reclaim it if everyone just like turned things off for like two weeks? It's like nature is right there, older, more prominent. And, and that's what I mean is it's solace bringing because you, we, we know that that is what we are. We are nature and we, we can fall back into it like a cushion, knowing that if we were to just stay still, it would just be there for us growing. You know, if I literally were to stay in some way, if I was able to survive without eating, perfectly still in this room for like. 20 years or whatever, it would just be overgrown, you know.、Uh, it would be dusty, obviously,、um, but there would be like fucking stuff like like growing through the floorboards or whatever, you know,、uh, over time, you know, maybe a hundred years or whatever. And that is just this natural, I just like, how can you not derive solace from as much as my crazy overthinking human brain can get me into all kinds of existential jams? Imagine just. Sit with the fact that, like, as soon as you just quiet your mind and you just hear rustle of leaves, you know, and then you even see in the mirror and say, Oh wow, my hair's growing, you know, <laughs> and like my fingernails are growing. And it's like, there is this, and that's my art that I make. It's just, it's, I can't really, I used to do figures and illustration kind of stuff now, but now it's just the patterns, which is based on morphogenesis, um uh which I'll just give you the. The, the whole、uh, spiel about morphogenesis, it is the manner in which nature creates her shapes, you know, and that's just, you can see, my, my, what I call it in my art sort of sense is the ever shaping. It's like something is ever, ever taking shape, you know. And then my name for the like after death is like the ever yonder, you know, it's like we go from this process of changing shape from young to old.、Um, Day to, night, day to night, you know, all of these, this beautiful, you know, gradient,、uh, like that is just the microcosm and the macrocosm of a day going by. And that is what、um, sure feels like. It feels like you waking up in that morning feeling from the start of the album into the evening. And there's some particular shots like the trickling water at night. It's like that is straight out of. Milo and Otis. And I think the reason I didn't record this, I actually, believe it or not,、um, I had set up a recording with the Reddit, the beautiful, it's very lively,、uh, the reddit.com forward slash r forward slash fleet underscore foxes. I think、uh, they've just decided to hang out in that place. There's a, there is slash fleet foxes, but I think you know, the community decides where it wants to hang out. I, I say this with ghosts.、Uh, I say, like, hey, there's actually ghost band, so let's go there. And they're like, Eh, we'll stick to Ghost BC, even though technically Tobias from Ghost is like, I hate the BC thing, but communities will go what they will. That's, again, another pattern, another vine crawling up 
a wall in the way in which it will, which is, you know, before algorithms and shit, we just had vines <laughs> growing in places as they, as they would, you know, based on patterns and stuff. So, and I think the reason why I didn't record this on the night of watching Shore is like, it, it was overwhelming. I was like, so not only, it would have been enough if the, mu if a, if one of the songs had a music video that evoked Milo Notice, but also that much that that would have stunned me but the whole damn album is this beautiful visual album you know um from this incredible incredible filmmaker who i need to compliment right now and i don't care how long it takes me it's kersti jan Wardal, right this incredible incredible filmmaker um and it was overwhelming uh and to the point where you know, I don't know if you have this, folks, but I think certain filmmakers play with this. But um, what if in 2008 I glimpsed 2021 energetically when I first heard Fleet Foxes and I saw this fuzzy footage? Was did I somehow peer through time? It feels like I, I stepped into a memory of some or something. Like I told this to Ray when we were in Dubrovnik, um, my fiance and I last in the 2019 before the world changed forever after COVID, for the better. I believe. I think the deaths are terrible, but I think the reevaluation and the collective invitation to go within, literally, like stay in your house and in your rooms and like think about things and I. I manifest and I believe and I hope I believe will make us better people <laughs> yeah yes um, in Dubrovnik I, I, I turned to her I said we're inside a memory right now and she said oh that's that's beautiful I'm like well you know and that's kind of it was kind of her to say but what I meant by that it wasn't just some aside it was like I felt like we were in a memory that our 50 year old selves are looking back on right now and I felt like it's like the bastion moment and never ending story when he looks up into the screen and you, the viewer, are like, oh man, that's the protagonist of this story looking straight at me who's reading his story. And I felt like I was looking straight at my 50-year-old self or 60-year-old self thinking of me. I'm the memory. I was in that memory looking at myself, remembering me. And I wonder if some kind of similar you know, time-space flourish happened when in 2008 I first heard Fleet Foxes and I had these images of these trickling creeks and this bark and these leaves and berries and, and I grew up, I spent two years in Italy uh, which, you know, usually uh, is named after an Italian wind, you know and there's a kinship that the Japanese have with like the Italian countryside and that they sort of recognize in, in their own bucolicness and there's a beautiful, you know I think kinship between European and um, and Japanese, you know, sensibilities and Odaigahara. You could see even in Cracked, sorry, in Crack Up. I don't know why I say Cracked. That he he had this awareness and the Japanese photographer who, who took the um, photo of the cover of Crack Up, you know. And with 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 Milo Notice, folks, it's like there's an element to it later on of reaching a shore it's insane i'm not making this up if you listen, if you watch milo notice there are shots that could be from 
this music video, this this film, this beautiful film, which is one of my favorite films. Like it's straight up one of my favorite films. Fleet Foxes, sure, directed by Kersi Jan Verdal, you know, or Jan Verdal, because I can just put it on and just either cry inside or cry outside and just be so happy, so happy that that record came out when it did. And also, do you feel like sometimes you have an album that it's like, oh, I know that this will be with me during another heavy time, you know? Like, I'll have this album with me as a friend in something coming up, you know? It's like, it's just, it's like turning to your left and seeing a good, a brand new good friend there or an old good friend, like Fleet Foxes are an old friend energetically. And what's going to be vibey as, as vibes may is I, through the podcast, reach out to folks and get them on Zoom calls. And I, I did see Sean Perknold. He had that thing when you send a message, it says seen. I was like, oh, cool. He, he, he spotted when I sent a couple of folks, including Kirsty, a message uh, with my gratitude and there's never any expectation or anything, but as vibes flow to have them speak down the line on the podcast as this chronicle, which I, I, I do alongside my um, lovely uh, fellow host who I'll be hopefully speaking with soon, um, AD Slad, or A Slad, <laughs> A dot Slad uh, 3, that's, his, that's their username who has a beautiful tattoo now. Uh, they posted it on... Um, 23 weeks ago, in the strangest time of our lives, we still have much to be happy about. This was my reminder. This is an album of gratitude and optimism. Two things that have come to me in waves since March. To my family and friends for being the shore. Hashtag Fleet Foxes. Fleet Foxes hashtag shore. And um, so, Chan, I am looking forward to speaking with you uh, coming up. So we've, we, we had set a... Um, a recording date. I, I missed it. <laughs> I apologize. This is like speaking directly to you. I'll send you this timestamp so you can, um, you know, visit this moment if you if you want to. Just that time when I named dropped you for the first time. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you on the next few episodes. Hopefully, we can go through some of these songs and talk about certain spaces we are in and certain spaces they put you in. And then for each of those songs, there are millions of stories out there like some of the ones I've been sharing tonight. So this community chronicle, but then also the creator chronicle, speaking with Skylar via Zoom, speaking with Robin via Zoom, uh, with Sean uh, about his animations as well, um, and definitely Kersi. I need to talk to her about this film, this stunning film. So solace bringing. And some of the folks who were in the, you know, all the sometimes, uh, not even sometimes, aggressively criminally unsung collaborators on these projects you know those are the folks i want to signal booth showcase you know and this is coming off of it so again another build-up to this is just inexplicably i've just been watching a lot of abroad in japan um which is just wonderful chris broad kindred dude i also have uh, i grabbed J just simply japan podcast on instagram and i'll Speak more specifically about some of my experiences and vibes of that country there. I'm, for me, the pie chart of Japan is it's like it is like ninety seven percent the rural, the traditional, um, you know that's my engagement with it, and then the rest is yeah the modern and in that so the sphere of the games which I have interactive podcasts as well there but um, 
like I said, the the post office man. That's that's me, <laughs> eternally sorting things, you know. But um, and yeah, so yeah, le- watching all of these abroad in Japan, and then just yeah, three a.m. Now it's three thirty-four a.m. So two two-ish or whatever a.m. it was when it's like okay, here we go. And also, I want to give brief shout-outs to the dancers and the every the film crew. And yeah, there's a, a lot of wonderful, uh, you know, as vibes may no pressure, no expectations. I like to say no pressure-pectations. I know it's awkward to say, but I'm sticking by my portmanteau of word creation, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no pressures at all to these folks to when I'm reaching out to them and seeing if they want to jump on this chronicle. And uh, speaking with Chan... And it'd be nice to, you know, do that thing where it's like, oh, you encounter a friend and then they know folks who would want to jump on the show and that sort of thing. So even though I had set up the recording, which I just think, I think people were just listening to the record. I, I was there waiting um, on the Zoom call. I think I'd sent a few invites out. People had replied and then just no one showed, which I just think people were just like celebrating the album. Like that is totally fine. I'm a massive introvert. So when you cancel plans on me, it is like a fucking gift. So... <laughs> And that comes from love as well. So, shouts outs to fellow introverts out there. But, um, folks, there you go. It was wonderful to go through this kind of storytelling introduction type thing with you all. And, yeah, wherever this reached you, I hope it found you well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, as I mentioned. And we'll start regularly doing. Uh, at the start of shows, I, like, uh, I hope you're all, like, I'll say, like, hello, everyone. And, um, hope you're all doing well that kind of thing but some, but then I'll, I'll talk as though it's like you, I mean I know you're there but I think a, a good way to open these ones is like I just wish you well man like I hope this finds you well and um, I think one of the things that these things feel like is almost like a letter like it's the, the modern equivalent of writing to one another I suppose um, I mean we had emails and stuff yeah I still use those emails the pillar of the internet that even if one of the pillars of the internet that even if, if you know social media comes and goes which it won't i know it's it's here essentially to stay though we shall see but uh, yeah i think it is um we'll still have emails we'll still have letters and so foxes is it vibes with that sense of you know there's a literatureness to it there's a you know you can see with um some of the font choices and like robin is a big old reader like he reads and um the lyricism speaks to one who who has read his books and 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 knows lyrics you know and knows the language of um i don't know it sounds it's 3 a.m but yeah the language of words and but what i mean by that is like filmmaking has a language and i was saying this to ray i saw godzilla versus kong recently and i talked about how it's like you know no matter what your subject you need to be able to tell the story with the language of film and they're simple stories these flute foxes songs like uh you know, <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm not my season is one, but I, I want to talk about um, <laughs> one of my favorite songs, A Young Man's Game. I think I might even, as a, ta- as, a, as a tail off, one thing we might do over time with this one is just go into some lyrics and just maybe look, t- take a song, talk about the lyrics there. And I, what I'll leave you with is uh, <laughs> to kind of express my... Um, my my feeling I get sometimes of get, oh I'm getting old kind of thing I know like it's just totally relative and 
age is totally arbitrary, but I think I might uh, bear you forth into your day of wherever you find yourself with this, like riding a bike, making some scones, and or making or, or brewing yourself a tea in like a lovely kitchen somewhere in the world. So I'll leave you with this. So <laughs> this speaks to me in this moment. So new day rising. Wow. A new day is literally rising. Also, again, folks, as I mentioned, this idea of time and space, what is this weirdness of, like, this resonance with certain energies and then you're led from some unconscious place? I, I think, on, again, we'll, I'll complete my reading soon, but just as a little mini pre-aside prologue type thing, it's, you know, some part of that unconscious awareness of the lyrics that I maybe even had heard the lyric and then it just got buried deep in sort of man conscious vaults just that opening line new day rising i didn't i don't i didn't know that the young man's game specifically started with that lyric and here we go so i bear you forth with the song folks and uh have a lovely day so here we go new day rising come close the blue blinds i'll be lying in my ocean of time I could dress as Arthur Lee, scrape my shore, sh scrape my shoes the right way. Maybe read Ulysses, but it's a young man's game. Dying fire, so tired of this place. Not inspired, can't keep to this pace. I could worry through each night, find something unique to say. I could, I could pass as erudite. But it's a young man's game. You should know, you're my last hope. I've been solving for the meaning of life. No one tried before, and likely I'm right. Not too straight, or too clean, like your borrowed blue bike. I've been a rolling antique for all my life. You should know, you're my last hope. I've been lucky as sin, no one thing in my way, just the arena I was in, but it's a young man's game. Sending love to you all from Australia, good vibes, all that goodness, and until next time, bye for now.